Yo, good evening, or whatever time of the day it is that you are catching up with me. It's me, Ryan Hartley, from Always Better Than Yesterday. Let me just say thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and spend it with us and with me. Um, I hope this time is going to serve you well and be well spent. Uh, It is episode 62, episode 62 of the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. Um... Just sending a couple of invites now just to make sure we get as many people involved in the conversation as we can. Um, As you join, just let me know you are here. Let me know where in the world that you are coming from. Let me just take some time out to appreciate you for for coming to spend some time with us. As I say, it's me, Ryan Hartley, ready for episode 62. If this is the first Always Better Than Yesterday interview session you have joined, um, it's all about just understanding, learning from from people. Um, I've been very fortunate enough to be joined by 61 awesome people so far, um, sharing their stories and just helping us learn a little bit about their habits and mindset so that it can potentially inspire us to go and do some things in our own lives. I genuinely believe that um, the way that we think informs the way that we act, which will ultimately involve the results that we get. And if we can learn how other people think and, and how overcome some things, then maybe we can use that in our own lives. Um, so that's what this is all about. Uh, episode 62 is with a, a, a connection of mine that I've made recently. Um, and I know that he has a fantastic, inspiring, in-depth story that uh, I'm really looking forward to helping him share. Hey Debbie, good to see you, Bill, Nat, Bob, Lucy, Ian, Jess, Chelsea, great to see you guys, Lisa, hello, I hope that we're all well, Um, and let's just see if my guest is ready to come on, and he's not, so I shall send another invite just to make sure, drop me some comments, let me know what you've been up to. And I shall get this show on the road as soon as I can. There we go. There we go. Let me just send him a message because he's here and then he's gone. So, if you are... Um, joining on the Facebook Live, thank you. These are available on the podcast. If you haven't checked it out, head to any of the um, the usual podcast platforms and you can take these interview sessions. Um, musings that I share along with you. There we go. My guest is here. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. How are you doing, Ron? Very good. Very good. I can't really see you very well. Sorry, I'll come closer. There we go. There's, that is good to see. Good to see. My good friend, please do me the honour and the privilege of introducing your good self. So um, I'm Chris Middleton, I'm 40 years of age, a proud father of two boys, one sixteen, one eight, And uh, yeah, feeling very privileged to be uh, sharing this moment with you this evening. Amazing. Now, you messaged me some time ago with a bit of a rundown of your story, and I just had to take a moment and just, you know, I really try and practice empathy. And I, there was just no way I could have imagined what it must have been like to go through 
some of your story. And I just would be honoured and privileged just to hear a little bit more about your story and, and share some of that with us so that we can try and understand, you know, the journey that you've been on. Yeah, okay. So uh, I'll try to I'll try and do a, a whistle stop tour so that we don't lose any followers. Um, so uh, yeah, to put into some sort of context, um, from a young age, surrounded by mental health, mm-hmm. um, in as much as my mum, my mum was a manic depressive and alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, and as a result of that, um, at a young age, she uh, uh, tried to take her own life, as in uh, when when I was young. Yeah. Um, and due to the nature of her, her illness at the time, um, the social services took me into foster care. And I spent 15 years in foster care as a result of my mum's um, mental health and, and, and sort of drink and, and violence towards me. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of the start of the journey and, and kind of an introduction to mental health, seeing it and, and what it can do to a family member. Um, and then really from then on, uh, the, the story goes that at 16, uh, I found out my dad had cancer and uh, I basically went off the rails and I felt that life owed me and why was this happening to me? And I became a victim of my own self-pity mm-hmm. and um, I rebelled as, as, as most people would do. And uh, yeah, I, I sort of took the law into my own hands, did some stupid things, was a bit of a menace to society and yeah, just really not a nice person to be around and just a bit of an idiot really. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, nearly went to prison as a result of one act of, act of angry moment that, that I did something very stupid. And that, that nearly cost me my entire, my entire life, really. So that was kind of the, the turning point for me that I realized I was out of control. Yeah. Um, I was also heavily in, involved in, in drugs at that point in time. Um, uh, none of the stuff that I'm proud of, but yeah. stuff that's all made me who I am today, really. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and, and that was kind of the journey. Dad passed away in my arms, and um, I then kind of had a sobering moment that I had to feel that I had to step up to the plate and try and, you know, be a man and not show emotion to the rest of my family at the time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then I kind of realized that things weren't, weren't going as, 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 as one would have hoped. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I was hanging around with the wrong people. And I had a kind of a, a few characters in my life that, you know, were, were not the sort of characters I'd want to be with now. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had to make a very conscious decision to get out of that life that I was in. Yeah. And that led me to fulfill my, uh, my boyhood ambition and dream to, to go and join the British military. Yeah. Um, that happened. And then unfortunately during my time in the military and in, in my, in my training of, of, of the, of the infantry regiment I joined, um, I got, well, my mum got ill with cancer stage three. Um, I also got injured with, with a pre-existing knee injury and, and unfortunately that injury was, you know, was, was never going to go away and it succumbed to my short um, military career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then found myself in the year 1999, uh, literally homeless because I'd come out of the army 22nd of December with nowhere to go, no job, no prospects. Um, coming back to a prospect of knowing my mum was, was going to pass away at some point and concentrate on being around my mum and, and just kind of working on, you know, working on what we could do there and, and trying to capture some of the time that we lost from the previous 15 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then unfortunately got, you know, as much as the army sorted me out and, and was the best thing ever happened to me in terms of my, my mental strength, my getting me into a, a great state of mind. I unfortunately fell back into old habits and, and got with the wrong people, found myself homeless um, for, for a short period of time. 
and then uh, just decided that I couldn't carry on. You know, it, it was all of what I'd learned in the army and the people I'd been around. I was letting them down. I was letting the memory of my father down. My mum needed me, uh, and I wasn't clearly in a, in a fit state of mind then. So, yeah, uh, I, I surrounded myself with some good people, um, and they kind of showed me the way and showed me the potential that I couldn't see because mm-hmm. I had too many limiting beliefs. And um, they, they believed in me and showed me a path. And I'm very grateful to those people to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, mum passed away. And shortly thereafter, I just started a new job and, and mum passed away. And um, I met my, my wife, who I've been with for 19 years now. Mm-hmm. And I became a dad at 23. And I suppose for me, that was the, that was the, the biggest positive in my life that, you know, my son was born. Yeah. Um, he's, he's nearly six foot one and, and doing very well. And he's a fantastic young man and he's everything I wasn't really. So, you know, for me, that that's probably my biggest mm. turning point of what changed. Um, and then during that period, just to, again, without, you know, talking at length, you know, I'm, I really want you to ask the questions, but, you know, the, sure. Keep going. from then, you know, um, my son was born in a special baby care unit. He was six weeks premature. So he was touch and go. So it was like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was it was it was a, it was a time of, of, of real test of, of the mind. Um, thankfully, he pulled through. Obviously, he's here and, and, and no defects. So that was great. And then shortly thereafter, we a couple of years later, we decided we'd like to uh, try for a, a brother or sister. Uh, and unfortunately, we we had twins at the time, and they didn't quite make it through the journey. Mm-hmm. And then we were told one of them had survived and then we were told no, one of them hadn't survived. Um, and then eventually none had survived. So that, that made us very, um, very conscious of, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe we're just blessed to have one child. Mm-hmm. And we kind of gave up on the idea um, and we couldn't go through that trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my wife's mum passed away during that period. Um, and then... We decided to have another go, and as I said, you know, the intro, uh, I'm very lucky and, again, blessed to have a, a perfectly fit eight-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, 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 we fulfilled that dream, and then, yeah, and then since then, I've had a cancer scare. My brother passed away two years ago to this very day. My sister passed away in the early part of this year. Um, but throughout it all, Ryan, you know, I, I don't um, – I, I take it as it is, it is what it is, and – you can't go back and change that. All mm-hmm. I can do is focus on the here and now and those that are present, focus on those guys. That, that's all I can do and, and, you know, cherish the memories of those no longer with me. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your story, man. Like, I was such admiration for you for, for continuing to show up and I'm sure there were days where you really didn't want to. And what is it that you do with your current life? What, what, what sort of things are you doing now? So, so, I, so by day, uh, I work in the city of London. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a, a head of operations for a big uh, American organization. I have a team of about 100 people um, that work, work for me. Um, I've been in senior leadership role now for 17 years. Um, I've worked in uh, three of the big four in, 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 the, in the global capacity of consultancy world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I suppose I, I take pride in that because, you know, one thing I didn't mention is that Despite all of the things that happened in my early days, I, I did go to a, a private school, which I was very blessed to go to. It was part of the social services experiment mm-hmm. of uh, an inner London kid with no hope and no prospects and being a, a statistic that, you know, 7% of kids in foster care, you know, either go on to either, you know, uh, well, 7% of kids in foster care go on to further education is, is the statistic. Mm-hmm. 
the statistic for me 30 years ago was, was, you know, I'd end up in prison or dead. Sure. So um, I was very privileged to go to a private boarding school. Um, and the people I was surrounded by then are still with me now. And they're, they're as good as family. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, despite that, I, I was dyslexic. I am dyslexic. And, and I did get expelled because that was at the time when my, my father was uh, terminally mm -hmm. ill. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, I'm very proud to, to have held leadership positions where some people have to go on and, you know, study for years to mm -hmm. get a graduate intake into these companies. And I've worked my way up and I can hold, you know, sitting board level meetings. And I still 17 yeah. years on have to pinch myself that mm -hmm. had it, had it that kid mm -hmm. with no prospects and limiting beliefs. He's now sitting in, in boardroom meetings. It's very, it's very odd, even 17 mm -hmm. years on. Yeah. In your journey i think the one thing that that really stands out is loss how mm -hmm. how do you deal with loss like how how have you learned to deal with loss um it's a good question and it's a question that naturally i always i always get asked um i, I think you know that, that everybody i think loss is something that affects people very differently so you know that classic one line everybody says oh you know you know, it gets easier as, as, as the years go on. Um, yeah, for me, I, I can say that, um, you know, with conviction. Mm -hmm. um, for others, I know that's not the case. 20 years on, for some people, it, it's still as raw as it was yesterday. Um, I think for me, how I deal with it is, is I literally deal with it and remember the good times of those people being here, mm -hmm. um, what they stood for, what was their message, um, what, what, you know, all of the good things that those people who unfortunately no longer here that went too soon, what yeah. was their message? What did they do? Yeah. And I try and take a bit of each of that and, and try and take it forward in, in my current life now. Yeah. And I try to impart those good things, um, with the young people I work with and mentor and coach. And, and I try to impart the positives of, of yeah. something so negative. I try to impart the, the best of, of that. Mm show sort of like mental resilience i suppose is is kind of what i've used as to get around it what's um what's helped you build your own mental resilience um good circle of friends without a question you know my wife has been key to that mm. um you know without her i wouldn't be where i am you know there's that cliche saying behind every successful man there's a you know an even better woman and you know from you know for me and my wife you know, we started with absolutely nothing. You know, we bought our first house together. We've done everything together in 19 years. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, she has been key. And those days when I've had those, those limiting beliefs and I've come home and I've had the interview that didn't go well or I've gone for a job and thought it's way out of my ballpark. She's been that little kind of that little steer that says, remember who you are. Remember where you've come from. <laughs> remember your worth. And mm -hmm. she just reminds me of my worth. And there's nothing that I haven't already come o overcome that, isn't going to be any harder than having to say goodbye to your mom or your dad or whatever, you know, those are tough things. So if you can deal with that, you pretty much can deal with anything. Shout out to Mrs. Middleton. Thank you. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Remember who you are. Remember your worth. I think that's really important to have people in our corner that, that believe in us sometimes when we don't even believe in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're proudly sporting the strongman logo. Tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I'm proudly sporting Strongman logo. And uh, so, yeah, so Strongman uh, is an organization that's very, very new. It's a charity uh, set up seven months ago by, by two, two great men, uh, Dan Cross and, and, and Ifram. 
regarding bereavement. Um, both of them are contestants on, on a program here that's called SAS Who Dares Wins. It's very popular here in the UK. Um, and both of those gentlemen uh, have suffered severe loss of, of, and tragedy in their life as a, as, a, as a result of something that's happened to them personally. Mm -hmm. They appeared on the show to go and test themselves and see where they were at. They then decided they'd formed a bond and felt that potentially there was a, a need for a, a group for men only to be able to share, you know, their, their feelings around bereavement and, mm -hmm. and kind of open up to a taboo subject that we as men have always kind of been taught, you know, that you need to put on a stiff upper lip and not show uh, emotion. Yeah. And these guys have come up with a very simple concept of using the great outdoors to uh, take people like myself and other groups of a uh, small group of men to go and climb mountains and be in the company of one another with no pressure to talk and no pressure to uh, tell your story if you don't want to. If you, if you just want to be a bystander and just want to be in a, in, a, in a group of people, that's fine. And if you want to partake and share your story, you're more than welcome. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I was very blessed that three weekends ago, I was in the mountains of Wales climbing Mount Snowdon with, with Ifram and Dan and 26 complete strangers. Um, my anxiety for the seven hour drive was through the roof. I nearly turned around and thought, can I do this? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. And I've now got a brotherhood of 26 guys who's on a WhatsApp group who are arranging lots of events and charity events and, you know, growing the brand and just sharing their stories and just feeling elated. And yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to Ifram and, and Strongman for what they did for me. It was life changing. What did you gain from that experience? Um, I gained that I, I went there to I went there to try and finally talk about you know some things I'd never really spoken about yeah. um, in terms of my own bereavement. Mm -hmm. um, and as a coach, uh, as you know yourself, you know I, I ended up finding that I didn't talk about my stuff. I ended mm -hmm. up talking about others and helping coach others. Mm -hmm. So the default position was I went into coach mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I, I swore I wasn't going to do. Um, I, I made, I made an, an affirmation that whatever I do, I'm not going into coaching mode. I'm there to be me. I'm there, you know, and hear other stories. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I came away with, you know, I, I literally felt like I was on cloud nine, um, you know, to talk to some guys that were in a similar situation who they just lost their father or, or, or next of kin. And they were in the very early stages of the, of the, of the grief process. I was able to share some of my coping mechanisms mm -hmm. and, and see the difference that from the conversation on the Friday to the completion of the event on the Sunday, um, just that whole weight of the world lifted off their shoulders. And for someone who I've never met to turn around and go, you've had such a positive impact in, on me and how I feel mm -hmm. it's, you, you know, it, it's priceless. And, and as I say, we've all stayed in touch. We will continue to stay in touch. The guys have reached out to me today knowing it's my brother's uh, anniversary today and they're all, you know, strongmen brotherhood behind you. So, That's yeah, it, it's not quite the Masonic order uh, and, mm -hmm. and part of that brotherhood, but it's a brotherhood in its own and it's fantastic. Love that. Love that. You talk about um, your coaching and mentoring. How do you show up and, and help in that way? So... Um, I started back end of last year. I, I was I was suffering from chronic chronic burnout, uh, mental fatigue. Uh, I was in a dark place, like like quite a few people that have appeared on your show at different points in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nothing new to me. It was just it was just becoming more repetitive, and and uh, I, I felt that I needed to do something, and I couldn't keep relying on others to get me out of my own problem. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, what haven't I tried? And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to you know try something different. 
so effectively i started looking at youtube and i started you know watching lots of les brown tony mm -hmm. robbins mm -hmm. i read bear Grylls's book um survival guide of life and various things and just found a whole new plethora of tools that i'd never used before in terms of mining techniques and and, and things to pull out the locker um and then from that i i sort of thought oh what, what's next what's next and then people said you seem really different you seem really positive mm -hmm. what, what's what's the change um and then from that i decided to take it to the next level of uh becoming a qualified life coach mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the, the whole the thing behind it was never to go out and coach others it was for me to understand me mm -hmm. how could i improve my mind how could i understand things better mm -hmm. um so I did that and, and through doing it, you know, naturally I shared that with people that I did it and people said, oh, well, you know, could you help me? And one turned into two, three and so on. And then I got asked at my son's school, could I come in and do a, a bit of a speech about a day in the life in the corporate world of a, of a senior leader? Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I can. Um, but to just talk about being a leader in the corporate world to a group of, you know, 200 school kids who are 16, 17, they're going to be bored. They'd probably be more interested in the journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I did that with clearly great success. And the school had then kind of said, would you come back and do this more often? And yeah. then we've got kids that would like to, you know, um, we'd like you to try and mentor them. They're in a bit of a dark place or mm -hmm. they've got problems at home and mm. they could do with somebody that's non-authoritative. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing ever since. I've been working with various schools, various kids, um, students, um, people are at university and just kind of giving my time freely. So I made a, an agreement at the beginning of this year that for the whole of 20, uh, 2019, I would effectively give my time free to anybody that felt that they, I could benefit them really. Love that. What, um, in terms of giving back, mm -hmm. why, why is that important to you? Because I wouldn't be where I am today with, without, you know, without that. Everybody, there's people on this, you know, I'm not going to, I know the people well, the, the friends who have joined, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention their names, but they know who they are, but the friends and, and the, the people have become like my, my second family. Mm -hmm. You know, they always say, we're so proud of what you did. And, you know, but a lot of it's turning up and showing up for them. Like you said at the beginning, you know, there yeah. are lots of times it, it's not, I don't live in this bubble <laughs> of everything's great. Everything's positive. The grass is green. And sure. you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a realist, Ryan. Mm -hmm. You know, I often mm -hmm. say to people, I am a realist. I have good days and bad days, mm -hmm. but I have more good days than bad. And, and I try to ensure that I show up for those people that count on me that, you know, have had my back from, from, from the very early days. And, um, and this is for them, really. This is, this is for them and, and a thank you to them. They've often said, um, love to come to one of your events, <laughs> love to know your story. And I'll go, nah, you know, and, um, and they've kept me going. They've, they've kept the fire alight. Amazing. In your self-discovery through becoming a life coach, what, what did you find really helped you? What, what, what sort of things, whether it be mindset, whether it be experiences, in the last 23 years or however long, what's really been some core things that have helped you? Yeah, great question. Um, I think for me, you know, I, I've always known that the mind is complex, especially mine. Mm -hmm. It doesn't switch off. Mm. Um, I honestly mean that it's never off, Ryan. Even when I'm sleeping, if <laughs> I am sleeping, it's never off. It, 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 it's, it's a nightmare to live with, if I'm honest with you at times. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest things of the coaching was to understand why is my mind the way it is? Is there anything I can do to control the pace that, that it works and thinks? 
um, and especially around the, 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 the negativity and the limiting beliefs and that whole era of where I was, you know, always looking for, I was always assuming the worst that something was naturally going to go wrong. Sure. So I think the takeaways for me from the coaching has been, um, you know, around, you know, the positive affirmations. And I know people that you've had, uh, Jonathan Darling and yeah. guys like that on previous episodes have talked very much about that yep. and Rebecca Lawler. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's very much that I took a look at my life. I took a look at the people that were in my life. I looked at the sort of, what was I feeding my mind? And when I looked at it, I start the day with, you know, watching the news and that's depressing. And then I'd get on the train at six o'clock and I pick up a paper and it's more depressing news. So, you know, that, that kind of first hour of the day, the, the golden hour, as they talk about that golden hour for me was just full of negativity. Yeah. So by the time I got into work, I'm already stressed. Yeah. Um, and so the coaching taught me to basically use that golden hour to put good things into my mind, fill it with, you know, fill it with positivity. So, you know, mm. for me, my hour starts with, you know, listening to stuff on YouTube, usually Les Brown or Tony Robbins or somebody yeah. um, challenging the mind, the thought process and, and putting good, good data into my head. So if nothing else, how I start my day every day, it will always start positive. No matter what's going on, it always starts positive. Mm. And then I try to impart that positivity onto my team and others throughout the day. Yeah. And then when they start going, oh, it's been such a bad morning, such a bad day. I tried to then reframe, which was, again, something I never knew. You know, to me, reframing was hanging up a picture a different way. <laughs> um, but I've been able to reframe so many negative situations sure. um, through, through coaching. Yeah. And, and long may the journey continue. Love that. Who should connect with you? Who, who would you be looking to reach out to you and why? Um. Well, I, I would say that anybody that feels that, you know, if there's something, you know, like we always say as coaches, if, you know, if there's, if we go in a room full of 200 people and one person comes away with one nugget of mm. what we said and said that person made a difference mm. and that small ember then turns into the fire within and then it goes on to something, then if, if, if that's appealing to anybody, then, then great. You know, I'm, I'm, the, the, my job is done in that regard. I've, I've, you know, I'm happy that somebody has been able to go, do you know what? That guy was so open and he, you know, if it gives them the courage to, you know, unfold their story or gives them the impetus to say, you know, I, I want to go and do this then then that's it. So I, I, I wouldn't say it's anybody is a select group. I would say if my story is open to anybody, then I'm open to anyone, you know, mm. that wants to, to kind of join me. I mm. think what, what I would say, Ryan is a bit like yourself on Friday night with your post, um, I joined a group the other day, which I, as, as you know, I messaged you and said, I've, I've joined the group, mm-hmm. uh, a different group um, with a view to just getting out there, seeing what's out there. Um, the group, unfortunately, that particular group had a bit of a, a bit of a change in it in terms of uh, one particular person in the group was kind of uh, beyond what the group was set up for. And it was very mental health related to mm-hmm. the point. It was quite, quite severe. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is like we do as coaches, you know, we're not psychiatrists, we're, mm-hmm. we're not psychologists. Um, so if, if it's about mindset, positivity, overcoming, you know, um, negative things, building mental resilience, I'm, I'm happy to try and share my story with people and, and be challenged. Mm-hmm. It's not just my story is the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's anything beyond that and people are looking for a, psychiatrist then as a coach yourself you know we signpost and i would signpost people and say i'm not your man 
One thing I want to take the time out and say is I think we connected um, nearly six months ago. And I think at that point mm-hmm. you you were starting to share a bit of your story. And I think you received a little bit of uh, a few comments from people. And at that point, I think you retrenched and were like, sod this. I'm, you know, and I just want to yeah. admire yeah. And, and appreciate the courage that you have shown today by by coming on and, and sharing this. I'm really, really grateful. Really, really appreciate it. And And if you're watching this live, just hammer the love heart emojis give him as much as you can just get those love hearts pounding up so we can see them popping up. Um, and I guess my last question is uh, my ethos is about uh, always better than yesterday. And I'm just curious to know what the phrase always better than yesterday means to you. Yeah. So, you know, I've been racking my brain on this one going through watching lots of previous episodes. Um, yeah, I suppose for me, uh, always better than yesterday for me is very simple it's you know what's gone has gone it's in the past we can't go back and change it um i talk a lot about circle of influence and controlling the things that are within our control to control um and being in the present is really an opportunity that at the start of our day the day hasn't happened yet you know Mm. we as i think rebecca said in one of her interviews you know when, when we get up in the morning we have a we have a choice to make do we start our day, uh, you know, with, with negativity and fear and worry? And I'm going to go, am I going to go into my job today? It's the last day of my job. Or is my boss going to call me in? And, you know, am I going to get bad news? We could all start that way. And that used to be me. Um, yeah. So I, I think the always better than yesterday for me is personally, I always look at at the end of each day, there will always be a point that I will reflect on any given day and go, was I the best version of me today? Could I have been better the way I spoke to a member of my team, could that have been handled better? Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I give the best leadership advice today? Mm. So for me, the, you know, your, your brand is very much all around. For me, what it stands out for is, you know, yesterday was a good day, but today could be a better day. Tomorrow could be an even better day. And it's in part in sharing that with people to say that, you know, yesterday may have been a really bad day for some people, mm-hmm. but we've got a choice today to make a, a, a positive start and learn from what happened yesterday. Love that. Thank you. Uh, I've not briefed you on this one, um, but uh, <laughs> fail to plan, plan to fail. Here we go. Uh, absolutely. I know this is one. This one's going to come from the heart. I just love you. Before I do that, if you've made it through this far and you're watching with us live, let me just say thank you for taking the time to, to spend it with us. If you're catching up on the podcast on replay, thank you. Hope this has been, um, you know, an inspiring um an inspiring interview that, you, that there's something either you or someone within your network um, will take away. Please do think of that one person in your network that will um, need to hear what Chris has shared with us this evening. Share it on your timeline, share it in your inbox. Whatever you do, just make sure that that one person gets to to hear this message because um, I think the one thing I've learned in the last 61 episodes is you just don't know who needs to hear this message Um and the impact that that can make can be significant. So thank you for taking the time. Chris, thank you for coming on and sharing with us um, your story and your learnings. And I'll just be honoured if you can leave us all with a final thought from your good self. Yeah, so I, I think my, my final thought would be, um, you know, if there's one thing I've learned that for all of the people that are unfortunately left me and left my friends and, and the people that are no longer here would be, you know, to seize the moment. Um, whatever that moment be, um, you know, get out there, you know, don't sit there, keep talking about the things that, you know, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get round to this and I may sign up to that gym membership or I might go and do that distance learning course I promised myself because 
sometimes tomorrow never comes. Mm. Um, and I would say, you know, if you have an opportunity, you know, you, you've got to take that leap of faith every now and again, because what it will do is it will, it will reignite that, that fire within. And, and sometimes you just got to just got to literally take that calculated risk um, and go. And, and the final thing I'd say, if I'm allowed, Ryan is, is uh, like Jonathan said, um, I'm a great believer in being, you know, we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. and become comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we're, we're surrounded now by so much um, softness around certain things, our lives from, from what our parents had and our grandparents had to what we've got and yeah. what our kids have got. Um, so it's, you know, I'd say go out there, challenge yourself, do the things that, you know, not constantly, but go out there and do something that makes you feel a bit edgy, that brings that little bit of element of fear. And as I always say to my team, I would never ask anyone to do something, you know, that I'm not prepared to do. Um, and I can now say that coming to the end of this, my nerves and my anxiety and everything are now coming to an end. Um, so yeah, I, I was anxious. I was nervous. I, it's easy to stand in 250 in front of 250, 300 people and talk than doing this live chat, but, um, it, it's been great. And, and I'm, I'm very honored to have had the privilege to, to appear and follow so many great people before me. Amazing. True gent. Thank you for your time, guys, girls. Thank you for watching. Uh, please do think of that one person that needs to hear this message. Do share it. And most importantly, uh, use it. Use it to help yourself be better than you were yesterday. Um, and I hope that you'll have a, have a great week. Chris, thank you, my friend. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thank you.